Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of It's Personal. Uh, the last book I wrote was heavy. All right. Hey, Gary. This is Evie. Uh, my name is Randy Rebine. Uh, but my name is Jared Krizoska. I don't think I'm a person that curses a lot. Heart just goes out to everybody. I'm excited. Awesome. Hi. Rock star author who, like, literally has showed up in my classroom every single year that I've been teaching um, and now has become like a really great friend of mine. Um, can you introduce yourself? I care well, not after that introduction. That doesn't <laughs> that doesn't describe me. Uh, but my name is Jarrett Krizoska and I've written a couple of books and uh, I, I suppose a few of Gary's students have had them. <laughs> you you have no idea. And I think it's now, funny did you because- have me introduce myself because you didn't know how to say Krasoska or you second guess the pronunciation of Krasoska. You know what? That- we're just gonna we're gonna leave that for the audience to decide. We're not gonna <laughs> yeah. talk about that. <laughs> and why, don't, why don't you introduce yourself? <laughs> and let's well, like, and can we like you know what? Let's I wanna go back just a little bit and just have a conversation about um we we were ta- if obviously we were talking before um we, pre- we pressed play for this and the question about just like how are you doing during these times um jared briefly um can you talk about that um yeah and, right, the question, such, and the question in itself actually yeah right that question is something that we it's just by habit we ask people like it's like saying hello and it's so loaded now where it's like how are you and so i've just gotten to the point where i answer that question very honestly so you know typically the answer is like how you doing you doing okay and my answer is Nah, no, or baseline okay, you know, baseline okay, because uh, nothing is okay right now, even though, you know, we can, we can sense that the sunrise is on the horizon, but it's got a long way to go before that sun is still way up in the sky, right? So we've, mm-hmm. we're, at, we're at nine months now of, you know, being cautious and being stuck indoors and not being able to see and hug the people we love and, um, uh, as you can tell, there's right below me, they're working on the basement that just flooded. Uh, if you hear that knocking, so that's just perfect. Like it's been perfectly quiet in, in this room the whole time. Uh, and that's, that's just that's just 2020 for you. Wow, wow. And Jared, I can only imagine on top of that, like you talked about your kids and your kids show up in a lot of your work, which I think is amazing. Um, talk about being a dad. What is it like being a dad? Uh, well, uh, being a dad is wonderful. Uh, being a, a, a any parent right now in all of this at month nine is extraordinarily difficult, as mm-hmm. it is difficult for the kids to be kids because we're just we're we're aching and longing for for connections with our friends and our and our peers, right? Our, our peer groups. So um, it feels like Groundhog's Day. The, like the movie, not waiting to see if Springer is going to come sooner. I mean, it feels like every day is the same. And I likened it to like, like imagine if you're like, you're about to do like you're about to have a race and you're waiting for that starting pistol to shoot and then you run and you're just going to run so hard until you get to the finish line. Right now, parenting is like that, except you're dead asleep and you forget that you're about to run a race and the starting pistol comes comes off and you're just, you wake up and like, okay, these kids need to make sure they eat. You got to make sure like they're all on their devices. They need to be. Uh, we, we're connected with another pod family for a four-year-old. Are they at our house? Are they at their house? Um, and never mind 
cleaning and it's like cleaning and stri- keeping a, a clean house right now. It's like raking during a hurricane. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, you know, constantly like, what corner can I set up to make it look like I have my stuff together yeah. <laughs> when I'm doing Zooms and video calls? Wow. And it's <laughs> so know? funny because like you, I find a lot of my parents at least are, are now mentioning like, of course they get along with their, well, I shouldn't say of course, but they are getting along with their kids, but they're finding that their kids just need more space now, which is interesting because like when they're getting sent off to school it's so different like you you had the absentee uh, being absent like the parents aren't there like they're physically not around so they don't see them they don't hear them so going home from school is such a treat it's such a present for them but now it's like you're literally living 24 hours (laughs) of the day with the people that you often don't see for that long like it's it's yeah. really interesting just to hear how parents are navigating that and having conversations with kids about it because I can only Im- I have third graders I can only imagine what like middle school and high school kids are are, are feeling um, when that like sense of um, just like being able to be a little bit free or away yeah. from um, that normalness of being in in the house because it has changed so much now. The privacy part is, I think, a little bit. I think it's gone a lot for them, yeah. um, which is unfortunate. Well, I think this thing and this thing has gone on for so long that wherever kids were developmentally at the start of this, there's a good chance they're in a different space now. For sure, for especially sure. For, for young adolescents. So, so our eldest uh, just turned twelve, and you know she was starting to get some autonomy. Right. So we would let her after school meet with her friend Mateo and then they would go down to get an ice cream. And then Mateo's parents or we would go pick the two of them up. And, you know, and now it's like we have to, okay, if you're going to see your friend, like we need to make sure your masks and you're eight feet away. And is it raining out? Well, if it's raining, we can't hang out because we have to be outside, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, And and our youngest is uh, four. And so so, you know, especially those 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 preschoolers are just learning how to be human beings with other human beings that are also for mm-hmm. um, it's a challenge, you know, but the thing is that every single person is feeling it. So it's not the childhood we had. Um, but, you know, like I said to my kids at the beginning of the school year, like, I don't care what you learn this year. Uh, I don't really even care how hard you work just as long as when we get on the other side of this, if you could reflect and say like, oh, we made some really good memories in that time, mm-hmm. like that's your only goal. Mm-hmm. You know, just I to agree. Be, just to just, let's just get through this and try to laugh some, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and hopefully not get on each other's nerves too much. Mm-hmm. And that's it, right? Like you yeah. are trying to, we wrote, we had to do report cards a while ago. Um, and like, I'm telling myself, like, I'm as I'm writing them, like, you guys showed up, like, all 21 of you are yeah. on Zoom at eight o'clock until 2.30. You're not you're switching, you're clicking links, figuring out how to do Google Docs, slides, like, you're eight, nine years old, like, you guys showed up, like, you're showing up yeah. and you are doing things that you should not be expected to do at yeah. your age um you win like you win <laughs> right you, you you win that's it right we i can't ask for anything else so the, that part all is, of these kids well, they'll have a lifetime to catch up on whatever topics that they need to agreed. learn about agreed totally 
Totally. Jared, what do you, besides loving animals, because if, if people don't know who you are, you need to get on it because like you have some of the cutest dogs <laughs> that I've ever seen. <laughs> Thank you. And you have a new addition to the family as well. We do. We have uh, Bella Carmela, which, which actually like, I mean, the way and the, how she came into our, our home is, is an incredibly sad story. Like our fall has just been awful. Uh, beyond, I mean, I mean, everyone's fall has been awful, but we, even, even if this was non-COVID times, we had like a tree fall in our house, you know, we lost electricity, we had to throw away all our food, you know, the basement just flooded, we lost a bunch of Christmas presents, but we, we actually, we had brought home a different puppy in October, a pug puppy. Mm-hmm. He died after being home for four days. Wow. And it was like, oh, it's like so crushingly difficult for us to navigate as a family because this this little guy had brought so much life and joy into our home and that so quickly vanished and so we we we, we sat the kids down all to, to talk about it in, in, in immense grief uh and my wife gina talked about how you know we can never know why we're experiencing pain when we're in that pain but when we when time passes and we can reflect on that, we can we can connect the dots on why things happened. And so she told the, the kids a story about how she had a miscarriage uh, in between our first two kids, and how devastating that was. Uh, and and in, and in a weird sense, they very much felt like watching my kids go through a miscarriage because um, mm. like the loss of hope from from this this puppy leaving us. And uh, so, but. But because Jean had that miscarriage, then we had our middle kid, Lucy. And it, it shifted their perspective some. Uh, and Bella Carmela, who is this Frenchie with a, a white Frenchie with a big black spot and these big ears is a huge personality. And like we, so we never would have had this beautiful little puppy if we didn't experience such immense pain Mm-hmm. shortly before that mm-hmm. you know wow. and so that's something too when we talk about like what are the kids going to get out of this experience of all of this like that what we went through as a family is is way more important than anything they're going to be tested on i believe we're still doing state testing here in massachusetts <laughs> <laughs> that is another podcast a whole <laughs> other podcast yeah <laughs> and um uh so yeah like we we and it's fine i was never a dog person i I was never a dog i was never i didn't grow up with a dog uh my my friends would have dogs and my sister had a dog at her house and i would always be super annoyed by their dogs and then uh when gina and i were engaged i had a pug sit for my sister's pug and we were both like this is it i'm a i'm a dog person now (laughs) That is so cool because I think part of the things that I love to hear, especially from parents when like, that is such good teaching in itself, Um, having conversations with kids about grief and loss is still something like, you know, still something that sometimes administration, schools, other parents don't want to be talking about with kids at a certain age. Um, But I think those lessons are so, so important. Um, And hearing it. it, That's like expecting 
someone to respond with things are great when you say how exactly. how are you every single bingo. time bingo you know, uh-huh because because uh-huh. everything isn't always fine uh-huh and, and, and when you you're kid, things are terrible it, of course and you have to be able as a kid if you don't go through that experience and you don't have that conversation you're not going to know how to to communicate your feelings or what you need during that time right like i think yeah. it's it's un, it's unfortunate yes but it's also good practice to be in that discomfort and be able to share how you're feeling express like what this means to you etc um so listening to you talk about how you talk to your kids about it is like it's music to my ears and it makes me super excited as a as an educator because it makes the teachers it makes some some teachers jobs easier knowing that this work is happening at home as well it's it's very very powerful very very powerful kids deserve honesty right i mean because they're they're living that honesty in their lives Mm -hmm. and i guess that's a great segue into like and again if you haven't read Jared's books. I don't really know where you've been living. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a great segue into Hey Kiddo. And I don't want to talk a ton about it because I really want people just to go and read it if you haven't. Um, And the honesty within the book itself. How do you even... (laughs) I have so many questions. How do you begin? Um, How do you pinpoint the specific events? Um, hmm. and just tell me about that. I want to say emotional roller coaster, um, creating something that was so powerful. And then on top of that, it's a graphic novel, which is like my it's favorite thing too. in the world. <laughs> like that's a whole nother conversation, but like, yeah, tell me about that, like that roller coaster, um, and that process a little bit. So I, I started thinking about writing about my own upbringing in 2001, when my first book was published, because I was sort of, sort of looking at that, like, oh, like, here's, here's a great marker for a story of like the kid who loved to draw, but was surrounded by trauma. And he finally, he made it, he had a book published. And then every time I sat down to write the book, I would, oh, hold on one second. I love this. <laughs> Daddy duties. Oh my gosh. Look at <laughs> She's that. just are you she kidding was, me? She was just sitting there crying. Oh my gosh. So you can be with me while I tell the story. Look at that face. <laughs> there you go. Wow. We call it our, our our bell her name is Bella Carmela, so then we call it our Bella phone when we do this. Look at her. Hello? Hello? <laughs> Gary Gray Jr. Look at that face. Oh my gosh. Frank, come here, Frank. Now Frank's like, he gets <laughs> so jealous. Come here, Frank. It's a good name to yell when you're angry. Frank. Oh, he's right. Okay. All right. There's oh Frank. Oh my gosh. Look at Frank's face, go. too. Frank's a legend <laughs> right now. Frank they're is they're like. Starting to get along. They're starting <laughs> to get along. A little bit. <laughs> All right. One oh lap. Hold on. Right. They are so cute. Like <laughs> they they have really helped us get through this. I mean, truly. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So 2001, and then every time I sat down to write the book, I would be like, ooh, what is this person gonna think about it? You know, what is that person gonna think about X, Y, Z? And 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 the thing to, to to for me to point out is, I was only 23, so I was still really close to the events in the book, right? Only only like five or so years removed from the ending of the book, and I said, you know, if I'm not ready to write this honestly, and as it happened. I have no business write, publishing it or writing it and publishing it. You know, certainly, you know, writing it is one thing, publishing it is a whole other thing. And, but over the years, I would still fill my sketchbooks with, well, what would my grandfather look like if I, if I, if he were to be a character in this, in this book? Or what would my grandmother look like? What would I look like as a teenager? Or, and I've just always been obsessed with how people came to be coming of age stories. And, um, I would just, I would continue to go back to it. So I was working on that, uh, you know, well before I, I gave that Ted talk and that the Ted talk uh, was delivered in October of 2012, and, and it was a spur of the moment thing, to be oh. honest. I, I received a call at noon, and they had a they had a cancellation. And this was a TEDx talk at the, the neighboring college. Got a call at noon informing me that their he their headliner had canceled, and could I fill in? And it started at four that night. Oh my god! So so. Uh, I immediately started, you know, I agreed and I immediately started pacing the floor, spitballing ideas on what I'd talk what I would talk about. And and Gina was just like, you know, you're you're being too TED talky about it. Like you, you you're not gonna have time to like research something or get into this deep thing that you're not gonna be confident. You know, you it, it is so obvious it's right in front of you, you're not seeing it, you should talk about your childhood. And then I started spitballing like different things, I, how I might start it because now like the clock is ticking. I, like I have four hours to get there, oh. you know, and be there, let alone like, what am I gonna talk about? I haven't showered, I haven't shaved, <laughs> like <laughs> I need a haircut. Oh. Like, and, um, uh, and I said, well, I'll, I'll, I'll get up there, I'll say, you know, I, I love to draw and my mother loved to draw, but she was, <laughs> she was addicted to drugs. And Gina stopped me and she said, no, your mother was addicted to heroin. And you should say that, be honest and be completely transparent. And so when, when my feet hit that stage, when it was my turn to go, I mean, I arrived at the venue, sat in my seat, the lights went down, the first speaker went up. Wow. And so when I, I had not rehearsed that, I had, I had slides because I give presentations at schools, right? So I had, so what, but that's a 45 minute slideshow. So I had to edit that down to 18 minutes on the fly. <laughs> Before. while you're driving <laughs> yeah yeah no but i mean i literally like got out of the shower and then like by the time i was in the shower like the file had uploaded to my dropbox that i could then send them a link to and um when i when my feet hit that stage i only knew one thing for certain was that whatever i said and did would go on the internet it would go on the tedx youtube page uh, and and i was i was lucky that it was very well produced you know the tedx talks like Sometimes they're very well produced or sometimes it, you know, it might be shot on like someone's old camcorder. Mm -hmm. uh, it, and, and this was a, a very slickly produced thing with good audio and multiple edits. And that because of the attention it got and because of that production value, it became a TED talk of the day. 
And that the day it was a TED talk of the day, every time I hit refresh, it would go up by like 10,000 views. I was like, this is something I never talked about publicly. And it was was shortly after this this had had sort of blown up and I was visiting a school. I got there early. So I was like, you know, I was like, oh, there's a Dunkin' Donuts around the corner. I got, I just sat, got myself a coffee and a donut to kind of collect my thoughts after the morning commute. And I'm going to go in there and and, and be the author that, hey, kids, here I am. I'm going to have a good time. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I have to get into that zone. Uh, And this person came up to me, she goes, excuse me. Did, did you just give a TED talk? And I said, I did, I did. I said, are, you must, are you, you're the, you're, are you the librarian at the school? And she looked at me, she goes, what? So are you, are you the librarian at the school? Or are you, are you a classroom teacher at the school? And she's like, no, I just like TED talks. <laughs> yeah. Duh. It's like, it's like, but only librarians know who I am. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And, and she walked away and I thought, that stranger knows a lot about me. Wow. And so uh, that experience of dealing with those interactions and meeting so many young people who had a similar set of circumstances, uh, 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 a parent with an addiction or a parent who was incarcerated. And it wouldn't matter where I was, like suburban, urban, rural, private, public school, like every single school I walked into, I would meet at least one kid and one adult who would pull me aside and share their experience. And, and so there was this real switch of like, oh, here's a talk that I always, here, I mean, here's a book that I always thought I might want to make. And the switch was, well, here's a book I really feel like I need to make because I've lived the story, I know these feelings and I can deliver the story in a very unique way as a, as a, as a graphic novel. And so that gave me the extra motivation I needed to get the book to, you know, we've got a contract, um, but it also taught me how to exercise self-care in, in the wake of it publishing. So, you know, after the TED Talk, uh, it was like, you know, my email was on my website. It was really easy to write me private messages. And that got really overwhelming, right? Because I was receiving a lot of pain from people. And I realized that like, so my, my, my way of being able to write, like I could either write all these people back every day, or I could write this book and, and get it out there for folks, oh. you know? And um, so in regards to how do you step, how do you, how do you then organize your thoughts is I just, I use color coded post-it notes. So I had different colors for mm-hmm. young me, different colors for teenage Jarrett and uh, would write a memory down on each post-it and then place the post-its on a bulletin board in a, in a manner in which I thought would be the right way for the story to, to unravel. Wow. What a journey to, to, to go back in time. Like I can only imagine the feelings and the emotions thinking about the story, creating the story, writing it, illustrating it, and then having to talk about it as well. Like, um, it, because it is reliving um, some pain and things that had made you feel uncomfortable, uneasy, upset, angry, all of those things. Um, so I always, um, I love authors that literally are able to wear their heart on their sleeves and do things like that, not just for themselves, but also for, they, they know that it's going to be able to benefit someone else out there. Um, so I, I just, yeah, I, I loved 
every second of it. Um, I think you did a, an amazing job. You, you always do. And I knew it was in there. And I think it's one of the reasons that I gravitated towards, like I knew it was going to be super powerful in a sense of where it was coming from, but it's super, it's humorous as well. And I knew like everything. <laughs> because, of do, <laughs> because of my grandparents. Because of my grandparents. They, yeah. <laughs> everything you do has some sort of humor that I just love. Um, oh, and you. I knew that I, I was curious of just how you were going to do that um, in a story that's so, so powerful. And you did it flawlessly um, oh thank you and, you and really, the, really the, the book's publicist was getting so mad at me because you know like that dark humor plays out when in all aspects of my life and when when we were promoting it like before it came out i was trying to explain to people what it was so oh it's it's like smile but with heroin <laughs> and she's like you can't you can't say that to people and i said but they totally got what i was trying to communicate like it's, I think it's a great comparison, it's actually. A weird elevator pitch, but <laughs> I know I and, I and I think kids appreciate it too, right? Like I think kids appreciate that humor and the honesty in itself, um, yeah. all around. It's, it's extremely powerful, um, and people. I think when people share their own stories, it's so real, like. You can, yeah. it's so detailed to the point where it's like, you can't make that up. Like someone, you like, you literally cannot make those details up. It's so specific, but at the same time, it's so um, universal as well, which is yeah. amazing. And it's just so, so talented. And I love, I love every bit of your story in regards oh, to you. Un understanding the pain, understanding the joys, um, and then just like the connections that you you made with like family in itself so um yeah what a high though and what a low like i didn't yeah. we're winning awards like it was very oh. like god what a like tell us a little bit about that experience as well because i think yeah, it was that during... was a whole, it's a whole was the... So the book was published october 2018 and and there's that anxiety of you wake up in the middle of the night and you think I can't believe I'm about to tell everybody this. Okay. I can't take it back. I've signed a contract. They've, those books are sitting in a warehouse. They're going to the bookstores. And, you know, like I would just get these emails ahead of time that said this, this periodical wants to give you a star review. This period, this one gave you a star review, but really the, 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 the email and it was before the book was published was you're going to be on fresh air with Terry Gross. I thought that is the end all be all of anything and like an author could could hope for uh and then it was a, a finalist for the national book award announced even just as the book was publishing you know you know we had to get all fancied up and go to this amazing ceremony and then um it won several regional awards uh, and then i spent the summer of 2019 working on the audiobook production which so not only was it adapting the work but i was an executive producer and i was a co-director on it and we had 65 different performers coming in to read the different parts including friends and family members and teachers who wow. came in to voice themselves and uh, that was an intense situation and then there's this another wave of of of, of enthusiasm because in the audiobook uh, won some awards and uh you know then it very much felt like 
Cinderella at midnight. You know, we had mm. on March 1st, 2020, we were in New York City for the Audi Awards uh, for the best audiobooks of the year, Black Tie, Red Carpet. My wife, Gina, was there. Our eldest daughter, Zoe, was there because she voiced a character in the book. And my best friend, Jeannie Birdsall, she was there because she voiced a character. And wow. uh, my buddy, Pat, from growing up, was there with his son, Seamus, because they did voices in the in the book. And then our, our friend, uh, uh, Meltzer family, because their son performed as me. And, you know, we won, like, best young adult audio book. Like, we have these amazing uh, pictures in the red carpet. And then all along, we were like, should we be here? Is is there going to be, is this, is this COVID-19 is this thing going to be yeah. Yeah, real? And then, and then it was, yeah, then, then the, uh, the carriage turned back into a pumpkin and we've, we've been here ever since. Wow. <laughs> wow. But like, I just love how you are and you show a lot of this in your books, just like, so, and it means a lot to me. And I know it doesn't mean a lot to everybody, but like, just like so family oriented and like, you could have easily gone out and found other people to to do those voices um mm -hmm. but it says a lot about you to like really oh, stay, stay true to who you are um and give those opportunities to people that are so close to you because that's just i can only imagine the fun that you guys had <laughs> we did and it was wild to see how different people reacted so i have a sister who she's an er nurse and uh she she definitely an, inherited uh, more of, of the steely determination from my, my grandmother. And she was so nervous. She was shaking yeah. like a leaf. I'm like, you work at an ER, like you've seen some things. And then, then Pat, Pat's mom, she came in to just do one line. Like the, you know, the bit. character Pat's mom has like one or two lines. She came in with sunglasses and like a shawl. Like she was like, like, did you read my writer? I need hot tea. What, what is this? You know? And then she even like, the line is Pat dinner and she's reading it. She's like, you know what? This doesn't feel right because you know, I probably, I would have said supper. I would have said supper. And I was like, you know what? You're right. So, so the, the rule is with an audiobook adaptation is that you can't change any of the lines for the audiobook. So I said, but I'm also the author. So, so let's put in, Hey, Pat supper. And in the subsequent printings, I requested a, a change from dinner to supper. Oh, that's duh. Of course you can do that. Yeah. Duh. And but that's, that's also like that's like a very like northeastern uh you know blue collar Worcester like Sapa. You got what are you having for Sapa? Uh -huh. You uh -huh. know? Uh -huh. And I was like, right, that I mean that makes sense. Like that that it should have been Sapa wow. in the first place. And I that was like and I felt like, did I forget who, where I came from that I, I wrote dinner and not supper? Like I had like these weeks of anxiety of like, who do I think I am? It's supper. It's not dinner. <laughs> That's so, it's so, and, and shout out to her. And like, I want to go back to like your wife and, it, and all the way back to like the Ted talk and her yeah. reminding you about like, it's okay to share your story, but be real about it. Be authentic, be unforgiving um and i i'm assuming like she's like i want to talk about her a little bit because i i feel like she's also been such a huge part of your growth in regards to like who you are as a person but then also as oh, a writer absolutely. yeah absolutely yeah. well even even my editor was like look um i've noticed that uh you're a much better dresser since gina came into your life <laughs> 
<laughs> so there's that. I mean, there have been times where I'm running late for an event. I was at an event, the Boston Public Library, and she looked at me, she's like, that's what you're wearing? Oh, yeah, you look like a slob. Come on, let's let's get you a different outfit. <laughs> she is uh, a motivator and an engine, and she is, uh, you know, she's got a great mind for business, and she obviously has a huge heart. Um, and she and she's a big part of why I get to the point where I could share this story too, because you know, I think to go back to that question of how you're doing. Like, you know, I was raised to be like, it's fine, everything's great. And for the longest time, that's the facade I would put up for not just like my public persona, but like how people knew me on a personal level. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she came into the family and she was like, you know, this isn't normal, right? Like, you know, like the dynamics of this is, is totally off. And I'm like, no, it's all I know. It's great. You know? And like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah. Like, you know, you know, as a, as a teenager, uh, my grandparents would, they had a, a place up uh, at Hampton, Hampton Beach, New Hampshire is like, um, it's kind of like the Jersey Shore in a sense. And they would, they had a place and they would go and they'd have, they'd go almost every weekend and they'd leave me home alone just about every single weekend when I was a teenager. Of course, as a teenager, I'm like, this is awesome. Like, you know, like, wait, wait to, see the car, wait to see the car around the corner. Like, okay, Pat, come on over, <laughs> you know, but in retrospect, I'm like, oh, like that, I bet that. I bet I have some serious attachment issues from that, right? Because mm-hmm. as, as a teenager, I still needed my of parents, course. even though I didn't want them around, you know? Of course. Um, so, you know, telling Gina stories like that, Gina's like, I don't understand that thought process. <laughs> like, they were just so done mm-hmm. <laughs> being parents. Mm-hmm. It's a shout out to partners. Um, yeah. Like, I, I feel like it's so funny. My wife is uh, very similar in a sense where she, she like she would say the same thing to me if I'm going to work or going to an event and asking me to change clothes or like you want to <laughs> do you want to rethink that um is there, another, rethink is, that? is there another shirt that you like um there's one that's <laughs> yeah how about the the, the blue shirt <laughs> what a gentle hand though <laughs> and she's been instrumental just in my journey of just communicating um yeah, I think just sharing my feelings, like my family. I think we talk about feelings, but not really. Yeah, where yeah. my grandparents and family in itself really come from a place of like it's going to be okay. Um, it's um, uh, pray, pray about it. It's going to be fine, etc. Which is okay in a sense. We're like, yes, that's something that's going to help support you. Um, but what's next? There was never a lot of like action steps when I think I about like, what's it. the action plan on that? Right. So, <laughs> yeah. um, and then there was no practice in regards to like communicating my feelings. So like, I'm something I struggle with, like a lot, just like sharing how I feel about something would happen at work and you know how partners are or family are, and they, they know you, they're like, okay. Oh, yeah. What's okay? I'm gonna give you space, or we could talk about what's wrong. Um, and she's really helped me dissect some of those those situations or experiences based on her just knowing me really well. Um, yeah, and it's been hard, right? Because again, I I do struggle with sharing how I, I keep a lot of it in, um, and unfortunately, it shows out in how I interact with other people or not interact Absolutely. at all. Yeah. Um, but 
they just partners just know you really well. Yeah, like oh, like really your eyebrow <laughs> went up. What does that mean? Yeah, <laughs> what is what what you pause there? They yeah. Or, or and Gina has a master's in psychology, so I can't. Oh. Actually, you blinked when you responded. So can we sit down and talk about what you really want to say to me right now? <laughs> what a, what a, like God? If I I don't know, I would be the worst. I would like because she, she could say anything to you. It'd be like you could she could have you tripping out all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's exactly what 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 we need. And I and I knew early on, like Gina and I only dated for six months before I proposed. Wow. And and it was just we just both knew like we just we found our person, you know, right wow. there. And um and she's so patient because uh you know as an artist I can be incredibly moody too. So and my mood can hinge on how well my creative flow is going, uh how behind I am on deadlines. Uh and on the flip side in the before times, or she's like, you know what, I what I signed up for was a husband who works from home and you're traveling all the time, you know, because, you know, I almost once a week, I'd be, I'd, I'd be somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, if not local, I'd be on an airplane to go somewhere else. And so, you know, this has also a silver lining and there, there are slivers of silver linings in, in all of this and we just need to find them for sure. But is, you know, it was a, a moment to reset, to say, okay, like how can I run this career without running myself to the ground by traveling mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. So also my creativity has has suffered greatly this year because I you know anger, sorrow, fear, like all of those intense negative emotions we've all had, but also because I'm like oh, like I'm realizing the kind of space I need. So like I, even though I've been working from home my whole adult life, I wasn't settled on a workspace when this mm-hmm. lockdown happened. I was in between spaces. Um, and I said, okay, what was working before? It's like, oh, I'd be on an airplane and I'd be sitting in a little square and I'd have a little tray where I could write and someone would bring me a drink. And it was like, then I got to a hotel room and it was all perfectly clean without any distractions. And so like, and, and that also helped me seek out, uh, I get uh, testing for ADD and I was diagnosed with ADD and all this as mm-hmm. well. And I was like, oh, like that helps me understand my brain. And that helps me understand how I can compartmentalize X, Y, Z so I can achieve A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we are, my, my, hopefully, you know, we start off the new year with my new, we're, we're getting, we're getting an oversized shed, putting it in the backyard running electricity and putting in mm-hmm. walls and Jarrett just go. Wow. <laughs> you go out there Good do your work you. and then come back, you know? Good for uh, and you. She's like, and Gina's like, I want your stress out of this house too. <laughs> and that's, that's what they all deal with as well. It's like when people say, what's a typical day? I'm like, I don't know what a typical day is. Right. And it's, mm-hmm. uh, and also like, what is it, you know, then seasons change. And by seasons, I'm not talking about the weather I'm talking about are you in book promotion mode? Or are you in deadline mode? And sometimes, sometimes it's both, mm-hmm. right? Where you're promoting a book, but you're also you also have a book. To, and I've blown past so many deadlines. Like, and I, I live. I wake up in the middle of the night, stressed and grinding my teeth about it. But at the same time, I have to like give myself some slack to be like, okay, like just like I'm giving to my kids. Like, we're we're just in survival mode, right? Like, we're just yeah. trying to get through this right now. Yeah. 
Jared, you've been, dude, I could talk to you for an extremely long time. <laughs> well, I, I can say even just connecting in this way, I'm like, oh, I, I just, it's so nice to connect with, and not just because you're a human adult that's not in my family, but it was really nice to chat with you. And also look at, uh, both dogs have been sleeping in my lap this whole time. <laughs> Of course they have. <laughs> of course they have. Jared, where nope. can, where can, like, this is a silly question, I think, for some people, but where can people find you online? Uh, at Studio JJK on, on every social media platform. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to shout out your YouTube channel because it's a YouTube channel that I, like, inspire to, like, use as a tool, like, just as an educator, um, use as... Um, a way of like getting, like, having a, getting access to kids and having kids interact with you. Um, you've done such a great job with your YouTube channel. I love YouTube. Um, when I see other authors and illustrators using it to to talk to kids, I just find it like amazing um, because kids need to see authors and illustrators like literally doing their thing, which you do all the time. So I love. Jared's YouTube channel. Everyone should be subscribed, should be checking oh, it out. You. And you post quite often, which I'm super impressed with as well. So what I my New Year's resolution for 2020 was to do more webcasting. Wow. And who You're killing who it. knew? Who knew that that would be my hand would be forced to really uh and so so whereas I was, you know, going live every day at the beginning of the pandemic to help fill times for kids. I'm going to, I'm going to switch it up to do live Saturday morning. So Saturday morning cartoons for my YouTube channel. It's, it's yeah. amazing. It'll it really, fun. really is amazing. And I appreciate uh, you I appreciate so your much. kind words. I appreciate no, you it's, too. Jared, honestly, like I, I'm so blessed with having a community of people um, that have been just so.